Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 85. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So I'm minding my business on Tuesday. Yeah. Having a good day. And then all of a sudden, up sneaks Sony and fucking punches me square in the balls. And mm. just takes a giant shit on my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> all hell has broken loose in nerdum. Uh-huh. Fucking Sony and Disney can't come to terms over Spider-Man. And now it seems like Spider-Man, the Spider-Man we know and love from the MCU that we've enjoyed for the past couple mm. of years, is no more. Well, trust me, it was a gut punch reading that article. Holy shit, I have been walking out. around depressed <laughs> over a fictional character <laughs> for the last two days. It's it's insane. I mean, it is literally Spider-Game, mm. you know, 2019. So, uh, so... Here's the official headline reported by Deadline. Um, Sony kills Spider-Man partnership deal with Marvel Studios. And it says, it goes on to say, the decision stems from the inability by Disney and Sony Pictures to reach new terms that would have given the former a co-financing stake uh, going forward. So basically it sounds like uh, there's two more Spider-Man films planned by Sony, but it will not be, you know, co-produced by mm. the MCU. Um, and then it, the article goes on say, saying uh, that Disney originally had a 5% stake in everything, which I feel like is ridiculously low. Seems you know? like they were just buying their way in, you know? Yeah. Let's get our foot in and then we'll um, come and, to and this. What just happened this week is they went over like a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, a, and this actually ends up, uh, Far From Home, ends up being Sony's highest grown, grossing movie of all time. Um, so it's crazy that the news hits, you know, like literally, I think like a day after, you know, that they passed that milestone. But uh, Disney turned around, and this is to, according to the first report. Disney turned around, like, I guess while they're negotiating, said that they wanted a 50% stake in everything, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Now, do I feel like they deserve it? Yes. Um, do I feel like they should give it to them? Yes. But it's not my money. Because <laughs> I've seen what Sony does with these movies. Besides yes. the first Sam, uh, first two Sam Raimi movies... I mean, everything else has been pretty fucking shit. I mean, they don't. <laughs> so they don't give a fuck about your your character. They give a fuck about the, this is their bottom line. This is their big character. And this now is their biggest thing. it feels like Sony feels like, you know, we've established this character now. Mm. You know, fuck you, MCU. People are going to come see Tom Holland Spider Man. Yes, but I don't think that's the case. I think fans are going to be outraged enough to stay away. 
you know, it's going to leave, like, a bad enough taste in people's fucking mouths where they're not going to necessarily, like, embrace Spider-Man the same way. And I mean, I'm not trying to get into a tangent or anything. I'm just saying, I feel like the MCU is, like, our modern-day version of Star Wars mm-hmm. in a way where it's just, like, fans are so attached to this product. Uh, imagine if, like, someone said, if someone owned the rights to Han Solo. Yeah. And, like, you can't have him now, mm-hmm. you know, in this film. Like, we've decided to pull him apart. The outrage behind yes. that. Yes. Who would astronomical? Who would you say Spider Man is, comparably speaking, <laughs> to Star a, Wars? In the Star Wars universe. This is a fucking <laughs> hole. Compared to like Marvel as a whole, I would consider Spider Man Luke. As, yeah. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> like in the MCU, I feel like the last mm-hmm. few films have set him up as Luke almost. So now that Tony's gone, yes. you know, he's absolutely Luke. So yeah, if you took fucking Luke out of Star Wars, you know, if Sony came along and said, no, you can't have Luke Skywalker, yeah, shit's gonna hit the fucking fan. I mean, people are threatening to fucking storm Sony, Mm -hmm. you know, to save Spider-Man. There's been tons of fucking hashtags, you know, trying to, like, boycott Sony. Um, It's been pretty fucking ridiculous. I'm hoping that this was just, like, a negotiating, like, you know, tactic on Disney's part to kind of like leak this like information. Mm-hmm. There's been reports since then seeing that their their negotiations are like still like ongoing. So I'm hoping that's the case. And maybe they just kind of hit like, you know, a bump in the road and they're all willing to like meet back at the table. Sony actually broke their silence recently um, and you know, basically trying to put it like square in the lap of Disney, which mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why, but I don't think it's necessarily going to work. No. Um, so they basically said, I'll just read the statement. And much of today's news about Spider-Man has been mischaracterized um, and recent discussions about Kevin Foggy's involvement in the franchise. Uh, we are disappointed, but we respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a producer um, of our next live-action Spider-Man film. It is kind of like, it almost feels like they're like leaving it open. Like, mm-hmm. well, but is he still part of the MCU? Is it just Kevin Fogg? He's kind of like, you know, stepping away, but, you know, he's still technically, you know, entrenched in that universe. But this is the same language we've seen with every marvel product sony has produced and it's it feels like they're just blowing smoke Mm -hmm. right you know that's what it feels like to me like because it kind of leaves a lot of like open questions um but then we also had and like i said there's been so many goddamn reports you know literally my whole like twitter feed has been like Mm -hmm. you know a different spider-man story every other you know post but um there was a report that actually that 50% was actually 30% is what they're asking for. Um, and that included like marketing and everything like that mm. and merchandise, um, which I, I understand. They weren't, I don't think they were getting any merchandise rights whatsoever. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Like I can understand Disney wanting more money because what they mean to that yeah. character and what Sony's doing. But man. I just feel like in a, I just want them to work it out. In a question of profit versus control, I would give them more profits mm-hmm. than I would, you know, cuz with 50% now you're saying, "Oh, we we have the decision-making power to like say you can't do this." Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't know exactly how that works though. I don't know if they have 50% ownership of the character or 50% See, I'm thinking profit. that they want 
both 50% control and profit. Yeah, so the article doesn't specify Mm. that. I'm guessing it's probably profit. Because there's no way that they're going to give him control, like, you know, 50% control. Because that is a controlling interest. Mm. So um, I'm assuming it's probably profit. But, I mean, if they're doing all the fucking legwork... I mean, the reason why the character has been, like, revitalized over the last couple of years is because of the way they introduced the character, you know, and what, you know, Foggy and the Russes have done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think about it, I mean, the domino effect is crazy because really, I mean, for the MCU, without Spider-Man, they, I mean, with the last movie, they set him up as basically, you know, their next like top tier hero mm-hmm. you know it felt like you know that whole universe was going to be centered around spider-man now mind you that was in the spider-man movie but yes. at the same time the way nick you know fury was talking to him and everything like well, that the fact that and, it even caps off the end of that whole saga yeah and do we see that movie do we see a sequel to that movie or do they move on can they even tell that story anymore I mean, now, because you're taking away the whole Tony Stark element. If it is a complete wash, you I know, feel you like, can't tell that story anymore. I feel like they set up, you know, at the end of that film, they set it up in a way where I could see another studio, if they wanted to take Spider-Man, continue the story if from Sony there. just wanted to, yeah. Just strip the MCU parts. I feel like you could make a film that continues on following Peter. But and then what, we just treat him the way they, they've treated, like, Uncle Ben? Like, just kind of not even mention it. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, Tony and John Favreau, Happy Hogan, like, it felt like the backbone of everything, you know, that character was doing. So that whole storyline, which I feel like is so ingrained in that character, mm-hmm. is gone. So you'd have to just kind of, like, forget that that happened. Um, which I think is difficult. And I feel like, you know... Can MCU go on without Spider-Man? Absolutely. You know, will it hurt a little? Yeah, because, I mean, we've heard rumors that they were planning, like, big things for characters like Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. You know, where he would end up being one of the big bads for the next couple phases. Um, and that was just a rumor, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, knowing Foggy, you know, it was probably in the cards. Yes. You know, and knowing, like, what Norman Osborn means to the Marvel Universe and everything... I mean, I could definitely see that possibility. So, I mean, and we finally, finally have all our toys in one sandbox. (laughs) And then this shit fucking happens. Just so disappointing. Now, does this affect Fantastic Four or any... That's all Fox, right? No, that's... Yeah, that's all. They have that. I was trying to think. Does Sony have anything else? No. It's just Spider-Man and his universe. So that's what, you know... It's, it's a big hit. Mm-hmm. It's a big hit. Now, like I said, hopefully, you know, cooler heads prevail. They're able to work something out, you know. This is all bullshit. I mean, how many back and forths did we have during that whole Fox deal? You know, we heard that, you know, the deal was almost complete. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, they hit a bump in the road and, you know, talks broke off. You know, that was like almost like a two-year process. So, um, I mean, we're reading paragraphs about whispers, you know, it's yes, just kind of absolutely everything's kind of rumors, and mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see. Do you think now, like, do you think they take this as a lesson and they probably put more focus on the characters that they have full ownership on going forward at the moment? Unless they can strike a bigger deal with Sony, yeah, you know, I'm sure probably part of them is like, okay, well, we're not gonna, we don't want to ever run into this problem again. 
know, part of me like also is like, well, Disney, you have all the fucking money in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really need, you know, 50% of Spider-Man, you know, at this point? You just had five films make over a billion dollars. They grossed over a billion dollars this year alone. Mm. Five films. It's insane. So, like, I was like, okay. And well, they still have Star creating? Wars on the horizon. The but end of the entire saga. It's just, I think all my, I don't know, focus and, you know, just angst is on Sony. Because I know what they'll do with the property. Mm. You know, we've seen what Spider-Man in that world looks like without the MCU's interference, you know, um, without their guidance, if you will. Because, I mean, you look at fucking movies like Venom. That was a piece of shit. <laughs> I know it made money, but that was a piece of shit. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, you know. One was okay-ish, but 2 was... Yeah. It, it was garbage. It was hot garbage. <laughs> But and then we heard all the plans. Like even after two, like we heard all the plans about Sinister Six movies, fucking Aunt May movies for crying out loud. Um, just it felt like they were gonna try to capitalize on anything, you know, and milk the fucking mm. cash cow dry. And that's my fear because we heard it like last a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the big report where they're going to do all these different TV shows and everything like that, and like have this whole like Spider Verse, you know, very much like the Arrowverse, um, which. I was excited for, but I was thinking that, you know, Foggy and the MCU were, like, involved in some way. But, I don't know, man. I'm totally turned off to it now. (laughs) So, um, you know, I mean, I guess the one big thing they could hang their hat on is the success of Into the Mm Spider-Verse. So, that's about it. And unless you're going to get those guys, you know, who produce that, you know, working their magic across the board on every one of their projects, I don't know, man. So do you think that's what they want to do is just like hand everything over to like Miller and Lord and, you know, let them work their magic? Because if, if that's what, you know, that I think that's the only way fans could feel optimistic mm-hmm. about like Spider-Man, you know, and like a, a solely produced Sony Spider-Man moving forward. Well, yeah, I think they're going to stick with the people that they know work and move it forward. I, I mean, that's, that's that's all speculation, though. It's all speculation. I just but don't trust them. Like when they I see done when I see the entirety of the company from their marketing to even gaming wise, they just bought Insomniac Studios mm-hmm. because they want to hold that that title for the PS4 mm-hmm. going forward. Forever. And it doesn't affect the game at all. Like nothing, you know, nothing. No, with no the I mean, uh, there's reports the coming out with what could possibly mean for them, but you know, Sony owns the rights, so they. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It just means that they can't do any crossover games down the road. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, another story that came out, too, was that John Motts is not signed on for another movie. Mm-hmm. So now, I don't know if it's just a case of he hasn't like come to a deal yet with them. But it, it's not like a shoe-in that he's returning. Mm-hmm. Um, which is definitely disappointing for me. Because I love everything he's did, he's done with you know the first two movies. So um, I would at least like to see him finish out, you know, high yes. school for Peter. Yes, because it definitely feels like his vision. You know, mm-hmm. I know Kevin Foggy had a big part in it, but it also feels like his vision. And then it also, just judging from Instagram, <laughs> Tom Holland is definitely siding firmly with the MCU and Disney. Um, he posted uh, some pictures, like literally an hour ago of us recording this, of him like hanging out with uh, Robert Downey Jr. 
um, going for a hike and then like playing with their action figures. Mm-hmm. So it, it and then he apparently unfollowed Sony also, you know, which along feels, with Sendai as well. Yes, yes, yes. That's such a millennial thing to do, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just I don't know. It's bad news, man. Yeah, it's bad news. So. Hopefully, maybe they work everything out. Sony fucking freaks out after all the bad press, and they come to the table and hash out a deal. And then we get some good news at, like, D23, mm. <laughs> which is, like, literally tomorrow. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's a dark day. A dark day in nerdum. All right. Well, we do have to get on to other news, David. Yes, yes. Now, just a side note. When we say news, we're not reporters. We are literally reading off news articles from Google. Yes, and we're giving our great opinions. Yes, it's more about (laughs) our opinions on the news articles. Some of these articles might turn out to be bullshit. Deal with it. We're reading off news articles. This is regurgitating the news, not reporting the news. (laughs) So, (laughs) So if something's wrong, we apologize, but get over it. Well, if you enjoy any of our regurgitations, yes. <laughs> uh, make sure that you give us a like, uh, share us with your friends, subscribe to us on whatever platform yes, you're listening subscribe, to. Subscribe, rate, and review, baby. Exactly. Um, all right. What's our first news story outside of Spider-Man breaking our hearts? Is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Matrix coming back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's enough to fill the hole, but... Uh, say more. Tell me more, Christian. Uh, well, Matrix 4's got Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss returning. Uh, Carrie Ann, if you don't remember, uh, not only from Matrix fame, but... Uh, also from Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. That's the words I was looking for. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to Variety, it looks like our main heroes are coming back, with Keanu Reeves returning as a Neo and Carrie Ann Moss coming back to play Trinity. Uh, Lana Wachowski will be returning to direct without um, Lily. Uh, so we'll see, you know, singular vision for this film. We'll see okay. how that goes. All right. Um, I, I don't know. I was always a big fan of The Matrix myself. Uh, I liked what they did with 2 and 3, even though, you know, it was critically panned by most. You like a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think anything futuristic and, uh, you know, dystopian usually gets me involved. How so. old were you when those movies came out? <sighs> It depends on the release date, but I was, I think, 10 range have or below. Them? Have you seen those movies since then? Um, yes. Really? And you still enjoy them? I've watched them multiple so times. Is a nostalgia thing, though? Probably, at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> those movies were garbage, man. I mean, I, I to each his own. You know, hmm. The one thing that turned me off about this was the fact that it's Matrix 4. Because we heard yes. there was reports a while ago that they were actually looking to reboot it. Um, which makes sense to me. I mean, it feels like such a rebootable franchise. Yes. If um, not, give it a soft reboot and you can follow other characters absolutely. in this universe. That'd be easy. You could pretend everything happened or mm. didn't happen, you know, and just completely move on and tell a different story in this universe. Right? I really hope they don't characters. go with Matrix 4 as the title. I hope it has, like, an actual, like... 2 and 3 weren't called 2 No, three, it was right? Reloaded and Revolutions, or Revelations, or whatever. Yeah, those are both really cheesy so <laughs> they fit the time period I guess <laughs> so um, I don't know I mean it's, it's exciting I, hopefully they have a story mm-hmm. you know that they really want to tell 
Um, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, Keanu Reeves being as hot as he is right now just got the fucking project relit on its own. Mm. So I'm, I'm not surprised that this news came out this year. So, I mean, he's literally at top of the world. So, I mean, I think he was like one of the top trending, you know, stars yes. know, this year easily. So, um, you can't his stock has just gone through the roof. <laughs> just crazy. Like, mm. I, I understand, like, you know, with everything that was going on with, with John Wick and everything, but he went fucking nuclear quickly. So, mm. um, but hey, good for him. You know, we got Bill and Ted on the way, too. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got this week? So, we got big news. Uh, Kevin Smith is making a new He-Man anime project for Netflix. Um, and this was announced at PowerCon 2019. Uh, so he will be the showrunner. Um, and it's going to have the uh, animation studio Powerhouse behind it. Um, they did uh, the Castlevania oh, awesome. um, series for Netflix. So, and this is, it looks like the details are, it's going to be called Masters of the Universe of Revelation, and it is going to be a sequel to the original series. Um, so it's going to continue that story and answer, like, you know, storylines that were basically unfinished. So a lot of those dangling He-Man questions you had, Christian, will now be answered. Oh, now, yes. I was a He-Man fan, <laughs> and I still am, um, you know when the show was originally on uh, air, I do not remember one <laughs> He-Man storyline where, like, it was, like, left up in the air, like, what happened. That's such a so, weird like, thing to do. I'm surprised <laughs> that they're not just doing, like, a full-on reboot. Mm -hmm. You know? So that that was interesting to me. Especially with this studio behind it, to do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, also, I heard that the art is going to be kind of based on... Uh, the art on like the packaging like they had this really fucking great detailed like art that was very much in the vein of like you know like the great like Conan the Barbarian mm -hmm. artwork you know from the comics so it seems like a lot of the animation it's been reported on that a lot of the animation is going to be based off that artwork you know that was on all the packaging well so, I mean even if I based it off Castlevania's artwork it's like that studio is the perfect fit for He-Man, right? Yeah, now. yeah. It's just like, are, are they giving you like? So are these storylines going to be continued on in a PG sense? Is it like what are we? Well, if I don't know, is I, it a kids cartoon still? Is it? I don't think so. I think the tone would probably have to change. This mm -hmm. is me speculating, but I think the tone would have to change. I'm sure it's be it's going to be geared more towards an adult audience because, you know, that's kind of your fan base. You know, you're you're going towards fans exactly. my age. You know, it's more of a nostalgic. Thing. I'd be way more excited to see that. Although they did do a reboot of Shira recently, mm -hmm. and that's you know has a huge fan base, and it's getting a lot of critical like acclaim. So I don't know if it's going to connect somehow. Um, you know, details are kind of thin at this point, like how you know those two relate to each other, and they're both on Netflix. So, um, but I'm excited overall, you know, like I said, I'm surprised by the anime aspect, mm. um, but I still think it's a cool concept, and it, I, I love that Kevin Smith is the showrunner on yeah. it. He seems passionate about it, at least. Absolutely. Netflix is really trying to push into that anime market. Mm -hmm. It's what they've been doing lately. Um, they still get a lot of, you know, backlash because they keep making live action anime films. Mm. So that's kind of yeah. like... Yes. what the, <laughs> the gateway is but 
But how has their actual been like their actual like anime produced projects been? You know, they're not my favorite, but a lot of them have still been, you know, impressive for okay. what you know what we've gotten. Okay, and you were saying that you're a fan of the Castlevania. Castlevanias, series. I think, is absolutely beautiful. Okay, like those first four episodes, it made me like, oh, I want to see you know thirty six episode seasons now. Like wow. this is, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, I mean, it's good news overall, so I, I'm pretty excited for this. So, um, we'll see, and it definitely means more toys for me to buy. So, mm. <laughs> and there's already plenty of He-Man toys out there. So, but I'm sure they're going to be making some fucking great figures, you know, based off you know the anime styles. So. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Christian, yes. Is it time? Oh, it's time. Yeah! All right, it's time again for Christian's corner. It's been a little while, Dave. It's been a little. It while. has been. Uh, but the fans have been clamoring. <laughs> yes, um, it's been another huge convention over the last uh, couple days this week. Uh, Gamescom is kind of like. E3 for Europe. That's the best way I could describe it. Okay. You know, um, it's definitely smaller. It's on a smaller scale. Uh, we definitely got a lot of new titles released uh, announced, but I'm going to focus mostly on the franchises so we can, you know, get through this a little quicker. Okay. <laughs> We're going with the bullet points. Yes. Uh, so starting off, um, I was going to stick to, you know, Avengers came out. They showed a little bit more of the prologue of that game. I'm still not that impressed so far. Okay. Um, you know, they talked a little bit about like how the missions are going to be set up, and it's going to be, you know, you're in play as each character has a different type of mission in different parts of the world. So it's a worldwide scale, and eventually they'll get to a point where there is a world catastrophe happening, mm-hmm. and then it's called wartime missions, and then you'll see definitely more interactions between the characters at that point. Okay. So there's... They've, they've described it as making five games in one because they have to deal with all these characters at once. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. Have they uh, announced any more characters? Um, besides I mean, the core group of the Avengers. Besides the core group and Ant-Man, not really. I mean, you definitely see um, during the A-Day events, um, it's Kamala Khan breathing in the um, uh, Terrigen Mist. Oh, really? Because that's, uh, I guess there's a giant Terrigen crystal inside. So is she part of, of the game? I, we don't know yet. I'm, she's I'm got it. If they're going to show her, <laughs> she's part of the game. It's definitely Come her on, narrating how, what's going How on. pissed off would people be if you give them that little fucking nugget and not actually... That's the game industry, though. You, it's like you give them a little nugget of what they want, then you throw it in there as DLC, or you make it the second game. Okay. Well, it's just, just a DLC. She still counts as part of the game, I guess. right? That'd be a but you don't want to pay extra. I'd be fucking pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm interested to see how far they go into Inhumans since they bring up Terrigen and everything like that. We still have no idea what the main, you know, um, villains are going to be. Uh, one of the villains that they did show off was Taskmaster. Uh, he was has this whole fight sequence with uh, Black Widow during the A-Day events. How did that look? Did um, justice? It, it was kind of like, it was a little cheesy and campy. Um, you know, he's like defending himself most of the time so that he can learn Black Widow's moves and as soon as he gets to that point to where he understands how the attacks are going to be mm-hmm. um, it was kind of cool where he's like alright he puts his shield away and now he's just fighting back and forth and dodging everything that she's doing Okay. but then uh, she turns herself invisible and completely um, flips the script on him which is totally like a Black Widow move so it's, yeah. it how felt she turn herself invisible um, that kind of like camo stuff that we saw in Civil War not Civil War um, Winter Soldier 
Remember how they're able to like camouflage their whole body with like um, cameras, pretty much. Oh, in a okay. way, it it uh, makes sense to the universe. I guess okay. <laughs> it isn't like a superpower; it's technology. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'm still not like it's still not something I'm necessarily clamoring for because it's just I don't know. It feels like it's right below where it needs to be to be like a full scale like sixty dollar experience. Are the me. character designs still bothering you? They're still bothering me. You know, it does a huge part of it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't, if you're not looking the part, can you really feel the part, Christian? <laughs> you know, so I mean, I it, it, it did feel like you know cosplayers, mm -hmm. you know, dressing up and playing Avengers. I mean, I'm interested because when they do these games, you do get the option to like customize your characters and stuff like that. I am curious to see like how many different comic book costumes did they throw into this game? You know, how many different like yeah. iterations of each one? But it's still going to be, you know, the weird guy behind the mask. <laughs> it's just weird because there's been so many different versions of these characters mm -hmm. in the comic books alone. You would think that they would just like chosen like one of those versions to like base, you know, the game off of instead of like doing this weird like middle roads shit that they're doing where it's kind of like kind of the MCU versions but not really you know it like literally looks like they're stunt doubles mm -hmm. or something you know where they're stand-ins so it just felt like it'd be easier just to kind of like not even touch it yeah. and just do a like straight comic version I don't know um, Iron Man still looks like one of my buddies from high school <laughs> so I can't help but see that yeah. all the time <laughs> that's rough um, so one of the games that I was impressed by that came uh, that was announced for Gamescom was uh, Need for Speed Heat um, I it's one of my favorite series out there um, it's kind of like arcade driving you know mm -hmm. um, they you know they've had a rough little patch these last few games um, 2015 they kind of um, flipped the script on with their games they took a break and they put out this game that was kind of like Need for Speed Underground which is like my favorite Need for Speed experience where you're pretty much just like driving at night, you're able to customize the cars as much as possible, a lot of performance grades, and then they made this game called Need for Speed Payback, which was the sequel, and they just stripped 90% of that. They kind of made it a loot box type system of upgrading the cars. It wasn't still, it wasn't like pay to win or anything like that, mm -hmm. but it was just like, oh, for a certain performance, you know, um, you can just roll the dice and see what you get. You know, it, there was a lack of, like, you're in control of the performance upgrades for your cars and stuff like that. Um, this one, they seem like, and what we're getting from a lot of the people that are getting hands-on um, playthroughs of it and everything, it feels like a best of everything that they've made over these years. And this is a, like, 15-plus game series. You know, this has been going on for years. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of taking the bits and pieces everyone says, like, from their favorite games. Like, this feels like Hot Pursuit mixed with Underground, uh, mixed with what they've done with the last two games. So it's like the greatest hits. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's it actually, it's not a bad thing. It, it looks actually enjoyable. You know, and I ended up having a lot more fun with Payback than I thought I would. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm actually excited for this. I'm like, oh, I, I understand this studio is very much a cash grab type studio, and they'll put out whatever makes money. You know, it's, very much sounds like Sony. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, so it was definitely interesting to see, you know, what they put into this. Um, uh, customized 
customization-wise, um, they have muffler sound effects this year, okay. where you're able to control how, like, the amount of flame coming out and the amount of sound. Like, you can make it throaty and aggressive as hell. Okay. <laughs> like, they really got into it. Um, instead of, uh, like, doing the performance cards like we did last year, um, there'll be, like, engine swaps. So you can take your, like, little hoopty car put in, like, a Ferrari's engine into that car instead. Okay. At a certain point. Um, so it's like a sleeper then? Yeah, a sleeper car at that point. So that's interesting to see that they're doing stuff like that. Um, they introduce there will be, like, 3D characters that you can play as. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect the game, having an actual person that you can, like, have see in, in cutscenes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if it goes so like anything beyond that going throughout then i guess like last year there was like three main characters this year it just seems like it's a character you put together uh, there's this whole emphasis on crews so like um, playing with people online and stuff like that um kind of like how you guys work together and i'm guessing this is just supposed to be your representation with inside that group okay um fair enough i guess not, not nothing that really interests me too much yeah i was gonna say it sounds like something you can you can kind of leave mm-hmm. at the table but maybe other people need that extra, yes. you know, <laughs> a little bit of a storyline to um, playing. The last couple games, um, if you wanted to drive a drift style or a grip style, um, you could only buy certain cars for those. Or you would have to go to a special dealership that will only sell you this car that will drive that style. Um, this year, you just um, you buy the car and you decide how it performs. If you want it to be more drifty, you perform it. You change its performance until it does that, um, which I think is great. You know, no more you know driving to a certain area on the map and deciding what car you want. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna build the car from scratch and move forward. Um, and then uh, we have a day and night um, cycle, which um, daytime races are legal. Um, legal events, they look like they've been set up. There's crowds and everything watching. You know. And then at nighttime, you do legal street races, which is like um, for like certain types of uh, points and everything, you know, style and reputation type of like stuff like that. And then you have cops, of course, chasing you throughout those. And the cops seem absolutely ruthless this year, so should be interesting. Nice, Christian. You know what would sell me on this game? What if there was a, a DLC of Ricky Bobby? <laughs> NASCAR? Yes. You want to throw NASCAR in your street racing game? Hell yeah. Um, you eh. can do this on the side as like a hobby or something <laughs> like that. It'd be hilarious. Come on now. I'm surprised they don't have that. You could totally have Tom Cruise from Days of Thunder. Come on, man. I'm sure. I mean, if I can't get Toyota to be in this game anymore, I'm not going to get that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge uh, anime nerd, so uh, there's a show called Initial D, which mm-hmm. is all about drifting. And the like main star's car is a Toyota um, AE86. Okay. And... No longer in the game, and it drives me fucking nuts. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we have? Um, I wanted to at least bring up Death Stranding. I I have no idea. I feel idea. like we've been talking about this game <laughs> since the podcast started. Pretty much, really. But like 85 episodes ago. I, t- I told you this is how it works. You know, they announce it, and then nothing comes out Is there a date, for... like a release date on um, this now? Yes, I knew you would ask, so I brought it up. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Death Stranding's official release is November 8th. Okay. Uh, so we'll see if it makes it. And this is with Daryl from The Walking Dead, yes. right? Norman. <laughs> um, is it still insane? It's still insane. Um, we got two trailers for it over the weekend. Um, they did do a big gameplay reveal as well. But um, 
I don't know, man. I don't know how to even describe these things that I'm seeing. Um, it's just like, so there's a mechanic where there's like kind of two different universes. Not universes, but like realms that we're talking about. Okay. Or dimensions. I'm trying to think what's the best sure. word here. Whatever. There's like a dead world and the real world. Um, and like you use babies that were born inside these dead mothers to transport to like either detect what's going on in the dead world or be able to get in between they're called bridge babies sure <laughs> why not there's actually like you're carrying around a baby physical I, baby a animal. dead baby I, not technically it's alive oh it's so it's alive yeah. the mother's dead the mother's dead oh okay sure. well that's okay then um, <laughs> you know we meet this character named mama um, whose baby is in the dead world and she randomly comes down and feeds on her. Okay. Uh, it was so fucking random. <laughs> Is this a horror game? It's like borderline, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it's definitely... I don't know. It's definitely odd. Um, we meet Guillermo del Toro's character... Okay, uh, and he's actually he's a character. Yes, he's in actually the game. in the game. He's is he himself in the game? Um, I mean, yes, it's I mean it's him, hundred percent. But he's not. Del he's Toro. not Del Toro. Okay, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. He's kind of like explaining, you know, um, how bridge babies work and stuff like that. Mm. But it's just it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> um, the gameplay footage that they showed off. The main thing that people are focusing on is the fact that you can control the peeing. Uh, and there was no word of does your character have to pee or not but it was just like you know how how detailed is this game at this point that you're like controlling the piss stream and everything does it have any like how does that affect the gameplay is like pissing like a big part of this game I I mean for some reason so there's like what is happening (laughs) what kind of fucked up games are you playing I I don't even know if I'm going to pick this up to be honest okay because I just I don't know if it's so far out of my realm that I just because I wasn't even that big of a Metal Gear Solid fan which is where Kojima kind of got his like um, his name from you know Uh, apparently so the game isn't necessarily multiplayer but it's like a shared world so like people are on the same like people can be in the same place but not actually see each other like like you can affect each other's world so let's say my character pees in one spot this character pees in the same spot and a million people like do it apparently you can grow mushrooms that way okay if people are all peeing in the same area what what do you do with the mushrooms <laughs> your your guess is a good as me i shrugged a really big shrug uh, okay. for, for our audio listeners there I, I don't know man what okay. <laughs> I feel like it's just something I'm going to have to pop in and play. And is it out. one of those that you're going to wait and hear what other people's reactions are before you like pick it up yourself? Or are you going to like... It depends. And like If people for the podcast want me to play it and discuss it, I will do it. But, okay. You know. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do a poll or something. Yes. Um, all right. I kind of want you to play it. Because <laughs> well, it's, it's a cinematic experience and that's kind of my thing. But, but what's... I, like we don't know what the whole like like what's your motive for like in this you're trying to so the the whole point of the game is connection and you're trying to like reconnect um the human world and like america is what they're saying like you're in dystopian america there's still a president for some reason Mm -hmm. um and she kind of sends you on this mission and okay and that's that's as far as we really know. 
wow how is he going to do it but yes (laughs) there's there's definitely a theme about connections there uh, so that's the, the goal. Thing. That's you know your mission is to connect, reconnect America. Mm. Apparently, there's a super low population of people in the world and stuff okay. like that. So it's definitely something fucked up happened. All right. Uh, Sounds like it's heavy with social commentary. That's, <laughs> yes, you know, definitely. It's it's continuing. I I mean I I expect the world. That's his MO, so. huh? Uh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, next up, I wanted to bring up uh, Mortal Kombat's combat pack. Uh, just the characters that they announced for it. Oh, I actually saw some stuff about yes. this, too. Okay. There's a lot of outrage over the Joker. <laughs> um, That's because he looks design. like... I don't know, man. I looked at him. I'll be honest. I didn't really think anything of it. Like, you know, I, I heard the outrage afterwards. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I went back and looked at him. I was like, I still don't get... Like, I don't I know, man. He so just many looks people are so just mad weird about to it. me. He looks like he's just like, he could be my age, you know, just dressing up for Halloween. Why can't the Joker be in his, like, 20s? I don't understand. I, don't, I felt like it, it should have been something more comic book character looking. You know, where it's like the elongated chin. Um, yeah, I mean, but even in the book right now, I don't think he necessarily has that. You know, it always depends on the artist. So, I mean, you've had, like, in the 80s, yeah, you definitely had that super mm. long chin. It, I don't think it needs to be crazy, but I feel like it's just, I was looking more for... Do you for think they were trying to go more, style. like, movie-like accurate than, like, comic book? I guess. You know, to make it more relatable to, like, you know, a broader population? Probably, but that's okay. not who's playing this. <laughs> I guess. I, I just didn't think it was... That's like, not who's... Because I saw, like, a million fucking, like, uh-huh. memes. And I, I was like, okay. I mean, I, I guess he does look younger, but, like, I still didn't think he looked that young. I don't know. He looks weird to me. I mean, you had fucking people, like, still loving the way uh, Jared Leto, you know, looks mm-hmm. in Suicide Squad. And I felt like that kind of came off younger, so I don't know. Well, here, let me give you the full list. We have Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, Terminator T-800, um, Sindel, Joker, and Spawn. Um, Nightwolf and Shang Tsung are currently out. Shang Tsung looks fucking awesome. Nightwolf looks awesome. Nightwolf, uh, that's a, a pre-existing character yes. from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yes, Nightwolf, Shang Tsung, and um, Sindel are all, all yeah, traditional characters. characters. Okay. Um, the, the face model for the Terminator is absolutely amazing to me. Yes. Like, I thought it was, like, looks better than the real guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it's supposed to be the older version. Right? Yes, it's definitely. That we got from the last movie, mm. which is a weird choice, but whatever. Um, so, or the most current movie that's about to come out, right? Exactly, We're going to get yeah. older Arnold's, right? Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, I wonder if they'll have a younger version of him. Uh, the main thing people are complaining about are the release dates for this. Now, they are, I mean, you are spending $40 to get new characters um is that normal i think that's way overpriced that feels expensive to me that feels the game itself is 60 dollars, and you're spending 40 for six or five characters six characters so i'm just like "Eh." yeah exactly how many characters for six characters six characters that's yeah that's crazy i think that's a little nuts what would you say is like the average price for a pack like that usually like 20 bucks Okay, you know, so that's that's it's yeah, still pretty that's high, twice but as much, yeah. Especially if you're releasing not just one, but you're gonna do this again in like a year or yeah, like you. Oh, absolutely, because you, you know they're gonna milk it. They always mm-hmm. do, right? Okay. Or How's you, spawn look. Spawn looks awesome, and definitely the chains look awesome. 
Because they did Spawn and Soul Calibur, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was pretty fucking badass in that. Um, any horror characters? Originally, um, instead of Joker, it was supposed to be Ash. Oh, that's right. And mm-hmm. I think Bruce Campbell even did like a little like tease. So maybe he's just going to come later. And maybe they didn't like want to put him out yet or he wasn't ready. But Interesting. Okay. He's definitely still on their docket. Yeah. No there, I don't think he would have done like a little tease like that mm-hmm. if he didn't know something. So I thought it was announced actually. So that's weird. Um, so yeah, maybe it will be. It will just come later. Um, no Freddy this time. I know no. they've done him in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, no Jason. No, I think they're trying to do different characters okay. this year, at least. And they've done Jason, correct? Um, in the past? I think so. Okay. I believe it was Mortal Kombat 9 he was in. Okay. Okay, that's pretty badass. Um, all right, man. So is there anything else from this conference that came um, out? Well, last but not least, I saved Cyberpunk 2077. Right. Uh, is this the game that you're most excited about? Yes. Okay. It's definitely still up there. Um, that doesn't come out till next year, though, not till April. Um, so we still got a little bit more time. Uh, the only thing that really got announced was that it was going to be on Google's new, like, all streaming console, which is Stadia. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they're they still showing everything behind closed doors. Everyone is still saying, you know, it's fucking amazing. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just the wake that's killing me. You know, it's gotten to a point where I've decided to start consuming more... Uh, cyberpunk themed uh, media like I'm sorry to watch Altered Carbon wow. and stuff like that okay <laughs> that's hilarious uh, just to like quench your thirst for exactly. this game <laughs> alright cause it just looks fun it well, looks I like it's, it's a, fucking good yeah <laughs> <laughs> comes out it's just totally horrible oh that'd be awful I'd feel bad for you <laughs> uh, but it's just like it, it has that kind of Skyrim or um, Fallout aesthetic where you build your own character and you have your own story um, you know one of the, the highlights that they brought up was that it's a non-linear story so pretty much you go to whatever mission you want to at any time it doesn't matter what you want it's your path okay. throughout the entire experience so I mean that just basically means you could build a stealth character this time do the story in a whole different way than you would a like heavy you know where you just go through and beating up people the entire time you know and you can play non-violent if you want to why why would you want to there are people that like to have that challenge where it's like I complete the game without hurting a single person like they're a pacifist playing yes. the game mm. that's great Good for them. <laughs> I'm happy for them alright and that's gonna do it for my corner alright Christian you like podcasts I love them I love podcasts have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like, too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with three hundred coins. That's a good deal, right? Doesn't get any better than that. 
So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Coming soon to theaters. All right, Christian, we got some new trailers to react to. First up, Underwater. On a scale from one to ten, how bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. We don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What was that? Turn your lights off. Right. After an earthquake destroys their underwater station, six researchers must navigate two miles in the dangerous unknown depths of the ocean floor to make it to safety in a race against time. All right. And this is going to be directed by William Eubank, and it is starring Kirsten Stewart. Yes. It's also got TJ Miller, Jessica Henwick from uh, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Look at mm. that, huh? <laughs> I thought she looked familiar. Yes. <laughs> Good old Colleen Wing. So, what did you think of this trailer, Christian? Um, you know, it gave me, you know, Aliens type vibe. Absolutely. But... That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Aliens underwater. Exactly. I, but at the same time, I don't know. I dug it. I dug it. <laughs> I think it's cool looking, but I feel like I, I need to see maybe a second trailer. Really? I thought it looked I thought it looked beautiful. Mm. Like all the shots and everything. Doing anything underwater is crazy. Do you think they went like straight CGI or do you think they kind of like shot half of it underwater? Because it looks amazing. I feel like for the suits, maybe they did all the suit parts underwater. Okay. I like just got a deep pool. Yeah, because the, the, some of the action sequences, because mm. it, it does that typical trailer thing where you get like kind of the setup and then it goes into a complete like, you know... Just a whole, like, montage of, you know, different crazy action scenes. Um, For some reason, I kept feeling like, oh, Godzilla's going to pop up any second. Godzilla. The way that they kept talking was like, oh, we've unleashed something because we've dug into there. It's like, this feels like a kaiju story, like, right off the bat. Well, that'd be fucking badass. (laughs) It's like a secret Godzilla Uh movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely got a strong, like, alien vibe Mm. from it. Um, which it's pretty fucking cool, like alien underwater. I mean, really, I mean, I, I guess besides space, like, you know, seven miles underneath the ocean is probably like the one place that humans are most like helpless. Exactly. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And like I said, just the cinematography and everything from this trailer, it looks beautiful. Oh yeah, the shots look amazing. Yes. So I was pretty jonesed about this. I haven't like heard anything really about this at all i I believe it is going to be released in january of next year so um you know i definitely think it's on the list to check out so absolutely absolutely so um and then next up we have antlers once there were three bears that lived in a dark and wet cave up above a small town. 
Every day, Little Bear went to school. And at night, he would come home and eat dinner. But one day, Little Bear came home. And Big Bear and Baby Bear were different. Big Bear got sick, and his insides turned black. Big Bear has become more angrier and meaner because they had no food, no meat. Antlers is about a small town in Oregon uh, where a teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. Yes, and this is actually directed by Scott Cooper and it has uh, Del Toro as a producer, mm -hmm. which you just saw Scary Stories. Um, produced by I'm Sony's way more Dublin. excited for this one than Scary Stories. You were excited for Scary Stories at first. Yes. Now, this looked awesome. Mm. Like, I'm not going to lie. This checked <laughs> all the boxes as a horror nerd mm. for me. So, I have no clue what the hell's going on. Looks like this kid's keeping, like, some kind of, like, I don't know if his parents are zombies or turned into some kind of beast or something like that. Um, you know, we got fucking Felicity herself, Carrie Russell in this. Mm -hmm. Soon to be Star Wars bounty hunter, if you will. Oh, yeah, um, about Yeah, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, once again, cinematography um, with Del Toro. You know you're going to get an awesome monster. Um, and I just had no fucking clue what the hell was going on, but I was intrigued. The exactly. Entire time. I don't feel like I want to know. That's yes. How I was going. Yes. And I hope mm -hmm. it's one of those movies where you don't get a good look of what's happening. But definitely, it, this kid seems to be kind of like almost living on his own or like somehow having to like... I don't know, like, deal with the situation with his family. Um, I wouldn't go own. to school if I was dealing with that. Yeah, like, he's trying to carry <laughs> on. Like, we see him go to school and everything. Seems like he's kind of, you know, I don't know, meek and, like, getting bullied. And then he has to go home and, you know, feed the beast, which is his family. Mm. So um, I hope it's one of those things where we don't necessarily see, like, you know, what has happened with the family. Like, it's almost like a mystery, you know, up to the end. Um, you know, we get like a big reveal, you know, so I, I, I just have a strong feeling that's what yes. we're probably going to get here. You know, maybe Carrie Russell is the one who kind of like unravels the whole mystery. Um, so, but once again, this is another movie that, you know, is not on my radar whatsoever. No, did you not know. see this coming. Um, you know, but I'm definitely excited for and looking forward to it. And it's actually, uh, produced also by, uh, David S. Goyer too, who's been really busy <laughs> this past year. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. All right, and so this is actually set for an early uh, twenty twenty release date. So um, once again, it looks like twenty twenty is going to be another huge yeah, year for movies, horror. Yeah. So, all right. Over the past weekend, I went ahead and I binged myself a Netflix series, Christian. I went ahead and caught up on the first season of Mindhunter. Oh, okay. So I'm a little late to the game. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then I also watched the first half of the second season. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I was busy. 
So, let's get into a little Mindhunter. All right. January 1974. They just moved in two months prior. My partner and I were first on the scene. He was feeling for a light when something bumped him. That's when we found the little girl hanging from this pipe. I found someone to take over who will be very good for the BSU. He wants to expand the unit, and he intends to make our approach practice. Tell me, who's the one you want more than anything? Manson. I'll get you, Manson. This is $100,000, and it's all yours if you help us identify the persons behind the murders of our children in Atlanta. Another child reported missing in Atlanta. I'm sending you both. I want you there for the duration. To all these children, one killer. I believe that to be the case. It's statistically rare for serial killers to cross racial lines. It's sir. also statistically significant that the Klan kills black people. You're getting out of there. If he blows this, gun will rethink his investment. I'm asking you, as the leader of your department, what did Holden say that so offended the city? We need to stay focused. If you're distracted... I have some things to deal with at home. It's personal. She had someone else's underwear stuffed down her throat. It's 10.30. Do you know where your children are? This is one predator. What if you're wrong? I'm not. You arrogant, self-serving twerp. We can't have tunnel vision. Holden. What evidence is there to suspect the Klan? Son, we've got 19 dead black children. You telling me that's a coincidence? One more thing. Manson is small. Like, really small. Try not to stare. So, Mindhunter takes place in the late 70s, early 80s, around about that time. And it's all about, like... Basically, the FBI starting this like behavioral science unit, um, you know, from scratch, um, you know, all based on skills of this one agent, Holden Ford, um, who wants to take investigating, you know, these uh, serial killer crimes, you know, to the next level, um, like trying to like, how do we address this, um, you know, kind of killer? How do we investigate, you know, these crimes? Um, properly, you know, by, you know, can we, is there a template for, you know, these criminals? So they go about doing this by interviewing serial killers, gotcha. you know, who are already incarcer incarcerated. So, um, you know, they're one of their first, you know, serial killers that they talk to is uh, Ed Kemper, who's the co-ed killer. Um, what's really cool about, you know, the show is that it's basically true crime and like a like drama all rolled up in mm. one so you know you've got that true crime aspect but you're getting this really like well done drama on top of it so you're kind of like exploring you know you know these serial killers and you know their crimes and how they happened you know but it's all framed by this great drama so it's just really well done. Um, so basically where we left off season one, um, shit's kind of hit the fan for Holden. You know, he's kind of on this tailspin. Um, his unit has been in, underneath investigation for like basically his methods. Um, you know, he puts himself kind of like on the serial killer's levels when he's interviewing them, trying to elicit like responses from them. So um, he went ahead and under the recommendation of his partner, Tench, who feels like if others hear, you know, the questions that he's asking and him kind of getting on the killer's level, that they would be, you know, turned off by the mm -hmm. investigation. Um, so 
they do that. They get caught, basically. Someone in their unit rats them out. Um, so the whole, you know, everything's being investigated right now. Um, even their assistant director, Shepard, um, is underneath investigation because it looks like a cover-up. Um, Holden, you know, was just kind of following, you know, his partner's advice. But he's so brazen that he felt like he didn't even have, like, it, it didn't even dawn on him <laughs> what mm-hmm. he was doing could be extruded as, like, wrong. So, um, you know, so basically, you know, we have that happening in se- at the end of season one. You also have him breaking up with his girlfriend. And then he goes ahead and he has, you know, this meeting with uh, Kemper which goes horribly wrong and it it triggers this anxiety attack in him. And I'm sure it's probably just, you know, fallout from from everything else going on. He seems to be like in a pressure cooker and he's like such a calm and collective character that I think he just couldn't handle everything that was happening to him. Um, It just became too much and he kind of has a breakdown. Uh, We literally, I think, end with him like in a hallway, like crying in the hospital, Mm. um, you know, with doctors and nurses rushing to him. So um, pretty intense, like finale. So we open up with Holden, like literally like restrained on a hospital bed. Um, You know, he stayed overnight. Um, His partner uh, comes and picks him up. And then, um, you know, you kind of continue that like almost like they have this like pseudo like father son dynamic going on between the two that's very like you know i feel like subtext between the two characters which is very interesting um but then uh he gets they get back and they find out that shepherd is being forced out um from his position and he's being forced to retire so and he's being replaced um by a uh washington big shot who is like on board with everything they're doing. So, I mean, they go from being this small little unit, and spoilers mm. <laughs> before we move on, but they go from being this small little unit to basically getting anything that they want. He wants to take what they're doing and make it practice across all the FBI when dealing with these kind of cases. So it worked out. Yes, so it worked out. <laughs> but the thing is, with Holden, you think he would learn from everything that you know he's gone through? Mm. Like he almost, like he gets his swagger back really quickly, you know, and he's like almost borderline arrogant again, um, you know, when it comes to you know everything that he's doing. Because it felt like you know, to, at least for me, with the end of season one, he's coming into a crisis where he's like starting to kind of doubt himself. Um, but you know, he definitely seems to, you know, you know, he, he's high on himself Mm -hmm. again, let's say. So, um, so, but yeah, you know, character wise where we're at, you know, um, we, we go ahead and we see that, you know, oh, the, the assistant director's name is Gunn, who's, um, taken over and he's definitely a fan and everything like that. And along with like, basically saying that, you know, we're going to expand the unit and everything like that. He also promises Holden like his wish list of serial killers to interview. He promises him Manson. He promises him um, the son of Sam. So, I mean, he's basically saying sky's the limit, whatever you want. Um, and we actually get those interviews um, in the first four episodes. Oh. Which, I mean, fantastic scenes. I mean, these performances are just off the charts. Um, Manson is played by, uh, Damon Herman. 
who actually played Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for like a brief moment. Um, this definitely left me wanting to see like that version, the version we got of Man mm-hmm. Mindhunter, um, you know, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, you know, and the, he's playing a you know a much older, not much older, but like an older yes. you know Manson who's been incarcerated for a while and everything like that. But it's a hell of a performance, you know. And what we saw in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is right before the murder, so mm-hmm. he's much younger and everything. Um, you know, just a great performance. And then, um, let's see, uh, David Berkowitz is actually uh, portrayed by Oliver Cooper, who's like, I mean, he's like, looks-wise, he is spot on for the Son of Sam killer. It's crazy how much he actually looks like him. And just a chilling performance. Um you know, so, but you get to see Holden interview these characters and really get down to their core. Except for Manson, who just, like, completely mind fucks um, his partner. So it, it's a really cool dynamic in the scene and just uh, just well-written and just, I mean, it's top-notch. It's, like, next level, you know, for a Netflix series, honestly. So, um, but yeah, so moving on. So moving on, uh Holden goes ahead and he gets turned on to this case in Atlanta where children are being kidnapped and murdered at like an alarming rate. Um, you know, he believes it's all related um, and he wants to investigate it further because, um, you know, the African-American community is completely at wit's end. Mm. The police, they feel like the police are doing nothing but like fiddling their thumbs, um, you know, and Holden really wants to investigate this case, but he can't because there's so much red tape. Um, he get he starts to be able to do it because there's an actual kidnapping with a ransom, which makes it like a federal case. But then you know it, it all falls through, so then they're asked to leave. Um, in the meantime, um, their other partner, um, Wendy, is um, taking upon herself while all this is going down to go ahead and interview one of the killers on her own. She's someone who's not a fan of Holden's like techniques and everything like that, but like. As soon as she starts interviewing um, this, you know, this other serial killer, which I can't remember his name. He's not actually a serial killer. He's someone who actually helped out and aided a serial killer, but then ended up killing the serial killer, which I think the killer's name was the Candyman. I think that was his nickname, at least. But um, she basically goes and starts using his methods, you know, after um, the one agent who, like, basically ratted them out, you know, completely cracks underneath pressure, which was hilarious to see because he's such a fucking prick. Um, she ends up going and starts kind of using his methods to, like, you know, relate to the killer mm-hmm. and to get him to open up. Um, so um, they're still going to be at odds, but it was definitely, you know... I think it was some insight into her character and, you know, like maybe she's kind of seeing the light. Um, but yeah, so, but then Tench, his partner, he's dealing with this murder that happens like close on the home front. His um, wife um, gets notified by the police that a child's body was discovered at um, one of the homes that she's, um, you know, has on the market. Mm-hmm. She's like a realtor. Yeah. Um, so, and then they soon find out, spoilers, that their son was actually involved somehow. So that I guess he was there when the, you know, the murder took place. It was a bunch of kids playing and like the child ended up, you know, dying somehow. So it was a younger kid. Um, So, you know, they're in this like whirlwind, you know, his whole home life is, you know, 
you know, been flipped upside down. You know, they might end up losing their son who's adopted. He also seems to be on the spectrum. Um, so, you know, it's just this complete whirlwind. Um, but he's very old school and stoic. And he hasn't even, like, told the unit what the hell's going on mm-hmm. in his personal life. So um, just a, a lot of great, like, character building and just, you know, all these interesting dynamics happening in the show. You know, it's really like David Fincher, like at his finest. Um, it really has everything that makes him a great storyteller, like all those elements. And it's just wonderful seeing him, you know, tell a story in this like kind of long form format. Um, you know, it really allows him to like live with the characters and, you know, just watch them, you know, come into like series format allows us to really like live with the characters and get to know them. Um, he has this great way of like building atmosphere. I mean, you've seen it in like many of his films, like seven, everything Mm -hmm. like that, um, where, you know, the atmosphere and the mood are, you know, they're there, but it's not like beating you over the head with it. You know, it's not like overly stylized or anything like that, but there's definitely like this mood of just like doom and gloom, like hovering above all these characters and everything that's happening. Um, and it's like understated, but it's like, you know, there, definitely, you know. Um, the show is just incredibly effective and disturbing in the best ways. Um, we get to dive into these killers um, without like glamorizing them also, which I thought was, you know, well done. Like you don't ever really see them committing any of the crimes. Gotcha. You know, they kind of just kind of go over the crime scene after the fact. So, um, you know the only one they get close with is Manson and, you know, Holden's such a fucking fanboy and you can tell, um, you know, where he's like completely like, you know, freaking out almost about like getting to interview him and everything. So, um, it's such a great scene. Like, I don't see how this like show doesn't end up winning all the awards, you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. to awards season. So, um, it, what's awesome too about it is they use a lot of like a lot of the different psychological motives like of the killers and their like mental states and their histories to like kind of explore like our core characters um, like the different themes that they've got going on that like really like drive the characters so it's like almost this mirror thing going on yeah. um, thematically so um the performance, like, once again, are what make the show itself, um, you know, just from the serial killers to the main characters, everyone feels, like, really, like, authentic and real, you know, even though, like, you know, everything that's happening is completely insane, um, you know, it, it feels like you're almost watching, like, a documentary at times, you know just by the like the way that they, they portray the killers and mm-hmm. everything like that and our our core characters you know our protagonists like they feel real worlds you know um the way they interact and everything like that the dialogue is never like too over the top or anything like that um you know there's never any like really like over dramatic scenes you know where like okay well that's a great scene that's great dialogue but people don't really talk like that you know um, it's just a really well done series. I can't recommend it, you know, more than, you know, more than that. So I, I definitely, you know, give it a binge watch. You know, a lot of people are, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm late to the show, um, but I'm, I'm just loving it. So yeah, it definitely sounds like something I'll have to check out. Yeah, absolutely. 
Hello and welcome listeners, this is Nick Richardson with You Are All Alone Podcast. For those of you hearing us for the first time, we are a sprawling sci-fi epic following DuPaul of Mordarium as he searches for answers to questions that have plagued humanity since its inception, taking place in the Valley of Mordarium 1,100 years from the present and 1,000 years after the fall of man. We do our best to make our world as immersive and detailed as possible by posting daily fun facts on our Twitter page, Alone underscore podcast, as well as on our Facebook and in conjunction with our website, AlonePodcast.com. That's AlonePodcast.com. It's filled to the brim with all episodes available for free listen and download, maps, images, facts, transcripts, and so much more. Ultimately, we want to tell a good story. And if you like the show, feel free to email us at youareallalonepodcast at gmail.com with your favorite character and why, and you'll be entered in a chance to win a custom You Are All Alone podcast t-shirt. To listen to us, catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, our website, or pretty much any other podcast catcher there is. We hope you enjoy. And once again, this was Nick Richardson with You Are All Alone podcast. We'll see you all next time. So four, four months ago, Sasha Banks ran away crying from WWE, her career cold as ice. Now cut to last week, and she's hotter than ever. So, so why is that? What did Sasha Banks do suddenly on her four-month whinging vacation that suddenly made her so hot? Nothing. She did absolutely nothing but I did and it only took me a couple of press interviews to do what Sasha Banks couldn't make her the top dog in 2019 because Sasha Banks is the greatest woman on the roster to never be great Damon hates wrestling alright Christian it's time let's talk some wrestling yes all right, so we're going to start off with NXT heading over to USA Network. That's right. Shots fired in the wrestling war. Uh, finally, after weeks of rumors, a lot of people speculating that you know NXT was going to end up on Wednesday nights, opposite of AEW, uh, on FS1, actually. Yes. They end up on USA, which is actually a pretty big deal. Um USA has a bigger reach. That's standard um, cable package. Yeah, and they're actually going to be going live, which is insane. So um, WWE is all in. They're definitely trying to undercut AEW. Um, some people are kind of saying, oh, well, they could have had this plan the entire time. That is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolutely trying to cut into AEW's ratings here. So, um, you know, and... NXT is the product to probably do it. If anything mm-hmm. is close that closely resembles, you know, what AEW, you know, has to offer, it's NXT. Um, I'm just, I just, I'm terrified that it's going to end up hurting the product. Um, I'm terrified of it being live. Yeah, yeah, you've got all those, you mm-hmm. know, you know, rookie wrestlers. You know, I mean, I guess it's a lot of you know independent wrestlers who've had experience, but there's a lot of younger wrestlers too there who don't have the experience of being live on camera so i'm you know for the last how many years you know there have been like you know live in studio so they can sit there and they can edit shit and you know take things out that didn't work um i'm sure they've done that in the past you know which is fine you know it's a it's a tape show um but yeah 
doing a weekly show live for two hours every Wednesday, that's a big undertaking. So um, we'll see what happens, though. I, I Do you have any predictions rating, ratings-wise? Like, do you think NXT will... Um, you know, have bigger ratings than AEW at first? I don't think at first. I feel like it'll be a slow start for them. I mean, they will have the advantage of it being, you know, brand new right off the bat, you know, starting off like a couple weeks beforehand. Mm. But I feel like AEW is the the hotter ticket right now. I agree. Especially since NXT's already been around. Everyone already has an idea of kind of like... I, I'm also terrified that the old man is going to get yes. involved, you know. I don't know how it's going to be physically possible. He's going to be stretched so thin. Mm-hmm. A- or not AEW. XFL is going to be starting up soon. Um, they just announced all the teams yes, and everything like solid. that. So I believe it's coming this spring, which was insane. I don't know. Maybe it's not this spring. Maybe it's next spring. I'll have to check that. I, I haven't really been like, keeping track of it because I don't care. I haven't seen, like, have they released any promos or anything for it? Like television? They just did a big press conference okay. with all the you know team names and everything. So, um, I mean, I guess it's football, so it's easy to kind of put together and everything. Sure. But I, you know, spring just feels like a short period of time to get things going. So I have no idea. Um, but yeah, he's going to be spread pretty thin regardless. Mm-hmm. He already is. I mean, God, he's what, 74 years old, 73 years old, and he's running two shows. He rewrites fucking SmackDown like an hour before the show goes on the air. You know, I just can't imagine him, though, at full sale, like, every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's going to be possible. So, we'll see. But if I, I do feel like if, you know, NXT is, like, losing badly in the ratings, that's when he's going to get involved, you know, and start making decisions on, like, what talent to push and what talent not to push. What's going to be which annoying is, is when he shows up in an NXT ring weekly. <laughs> I, I still think they'll use Triple H as, you know, oh, the okay. figurehead if that happens, you know. But hopefully, you know, Triple H stays in charge completely and mm. we don't have to worry about that. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't trust it. I, I, I've seen what he's done with, you know, when they tried to bring back ECW mm. and it wasn't good. So I feel like we're going to get that weird sterile product that we got with ECW. Just this watered-down version of something that used to be awesome. The purple brand. Oh, God. Um, So it's been kind of a slow week, WWE-wise, just on the shows and everything. Mm -hmm. We've got quite a few weeks until Night of Champions. Um, Storyline-wise, we're getting more like Braun and Seth interaction. They actually picked up the tag team titles this week. You mean Braun and Nicholas? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> it looks like they've gone through a time machine, uh-huh. and, and Nicholas is all grown up, right? As <laughs> a fantastic meme. Um, but yes, yeah, so we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very like traditional storyline. You know, strange bedfellows and everything, and you know, eventually we'll get a turn one way or the other. They'll lose the belt because of some kind of miscommunication mm-hmm. in the ring. And then finally it'll all come to a head. Um, you know, part of me is wondering if they do decide to actually turn one of them completely heel. Um, maybe, I wonder if it's Seth at this point, you know? I wouldn't mind that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm kind of over the babyface Seth. You know, I, I wouldn't mind a, you know, straight heel Seth, you know, just trying to protect his championship. Especially everything, you know, after everything he went through with Brock Lesnar. Um, we've seen Braun as a heel before. Um, I don't think we want to go down that road again. So, um, I would be all for Seth going heel here. 
um, and maybe actually give Braun a legitimate push this mm-hmm. time. Because he was white hot for a while, you know, before they decided to cool him off pretty yes. much. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I wish they were going about this a different way just because I've seen this so many goddamn times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess it works in the long run. I don't foresee them having those belts going into the pay-per-view. I think it's been a while since we've seen this storyline, at least. Really? I feel like it happens every fucking, like, <laughs> every other year at least. So, um, but anyway, uh, we uh, were supposed to get an explanation from Sasha Banks. Um, she was supposed to do an interview on King's Court. Um, they dragged out Jerry Waller's corpse and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> they had him filling in. Um, I love Lawler. I'm just done with him. Why was he wearing the Rock's jacket? Huh? <laughs> Did you notice what he was wearing? No. It was one of. It was literally someone pulled up a picture of the Rock wearing that exact same shirt. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just shop at the same store, man. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I'm just done seeing Lawler. Uh-huh. Um, Corey Graves was off, so they start off with Lawler. You know, as part of the announced team filling in. Um, he goes out there to start the interview, and then who shows up? The Fiend. The Fiend shows up. I like how he tried to escape. Yes. He's just like, nope. <laughs> I like that he walked out of the ring, ring and didn't stand there like a dumbass. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, nope, I, I know what this is. Um, but then he kind of like hesitated on the ramp a little too long. Total cartoon reaction, uh, you know, on his part, but mm. it worked, you know. Um, you know, but it's just, you know, their way of keeping the fiend, you know, in, you know, the forefront of our minds. So I thought it was well done. I didn't mind that. Um, Sasha ends up doing an interview with Michael Cole in the back. Um, you know, and she starts off talking about her blue hair for some reason. Um, Michael, (laughs) Michael like cuts her off and says, no one's talking about your hair, Sasha. Um, but you know, she doesn't really give any answers at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you have Natty talk, uh, like talking in the back once again, you know, in a slang. Ah, she brings up her father again. Sasha attacks her. And then she says, go to hell, Maddie, and tell your father I said hi. God damn it, WWE. I know. <laughs> That's horrible. You know, you the- know, I just, I wish they'd stop doing this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it gets her any more heat, you know? I mean, I used to love lines like this, but, like, just thinking about it and, like, it just feels gross, you know? (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger, I was all about it, but, like, now I'm, like, like, I hope that was enforced on Natty, like, to say that Mm. line. You know, it's still fresh. It's only been a year. Yeah. you know, and maybe it's one of those things where, oh, he would have loved still being part of a storyline, you know. But unless he has it in his will, I don't really want to see it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever. It, it, You know, the the segment besides that, it still worked. You know, um, the crowd definitely, you know, were, was reacting the right way this time, you know, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully she gets herself over as a heel. I think the bright spot for this week for me, what, and what I'm probably going to put in this fucking podcast was Becky's promo beforehand. It was a very well done promo. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I'm going to paraphrase the line, but was it like, you're the greatest women's champ? Oh, you're the greatest women's wrestler that's mm-hmm. never been great? Yes. So, yeah, that's a fucking fantastic line. Um, you know, they've been slowly getting 
Becky back to where she was, you know, prior to WrestleMania, I feel like. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get her edge back, you know, slowly but surely. After the debacle of her and Seth, which congratulations, they're engaged. <laughs> we found out tonight, you know, Christian's all excited. Yeah, yeah. He's looking for their <laughs> wedding registry. Um, but yeah, they, you know, so it feels like after that, they realized that she kind of lost some mm. of her heat and some of her steam. So now it seems like they're trying to get her back to what made this work in the first place. So um, they're doing better with it. They're definitely doing better with it. Um so besides that, we had the King of the Ring tournament start. Yes. Um, Joe and Cesaro had a great match. Um, you know, it, it could have been about five minutes longer, but a fantastic, like, ending sequence. Um, and I was excited to see Joe get the win. Um, you never know when it's Samoa Joe, mm. you know, you never, how they're going to book him. So um, I still feel like they're going to push him as a babyface sooner than later. Um, they did this curious thing that I feel like they've never done before where at the end their crowd was chanting Joe along with his music and they made sure to like push up into the fans' faces as they were chanting Joe. Uh, so it feels like mm. they're slowly planting out those seeds. And we kind of saw that the way he reacted to Roman and everything. But then he came out the next night because I feel like they just weren't ready for it. Um, you know, and blasted the fans again. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if like by the end of this tournament you have a, a face joke. Mm -hmm. So, um, which I mean at least it's something different. Um, but then uh also you had Apollo Cruz um losing to Andrade, um, in a pretty good match. You know, once again, it, it's kind of a time issue for me. With a lot of these matches. Just too short? Yeah, just a little too short. But, you know, I just watched the G1. So <laughs> that's the problem. It's really ballsy for the WWE to do a tournament, tournament after, after the G1. Yep. So, but it was still fine for what it was. You know, and I was glad to see Andrade go over here. Um, also, back to Raw, we had Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. Cedric Alexander, of course, went over, hmm. you know, because Sami Zayn has not won a match in like four months at this point. So I wasn't surprised at all. And then on SmackDown, we ended up having Sami Zayn showing up, and it sounds like he's going to be the new mouthpiece for Nakamura. Hmm. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, I, it kind of felt right, strangely enough. Huh. Um, you know, I I like the idea of Sammy kind of being, like, the manager. Um, you know, it sucks for him, you know, for his in-ring, you know, career. But he's such a great talker and everything. And I love his work as a heel. Um, it could be fun to see those two, you know, working together and everything. So um, not, he's treating Nakamura as the artist, you know, that they keep on, you know, talking about. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're going to sell that more now. Um, you know, they attacked Miz um, on, you know, his show and, you know, just decimated him. So I know there was talks of Nakamura having a feud with Ali. Oh, yeah. I felt like, I think they started, they had Ali beat him, but then Nakamura beat him quickly. I can't remember. It was so, it was like a month ago at this point. But I feel like Ali needs to pick up a little more steam, you know, um, before he gets to Nakamura. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's probably still in the cards somewhere. 
But just whatever they're doing with, you know, Ali is just not working at this point. You know, he's getting no reaction whatsoever. You know, in the ring, outside of the ring. I like the promos they're doing with him. They're different, but it's just not clicking. You know, he's... He, it's hard to catch lightning in the bottle twice. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what they're trying to do with him. So, um, you know, but unfortunately, injuries happen, you know, so. Um, but I like the pairing of, you know, Zane and Nakamura. That's interesting. Yes, it's different. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't see it coming. And if it means more TV time for both of them, I'm on board. So, um, but yeah, so it looks like they're going to be feuding with Miz, though. That's my guess. So, which he could definitely use something to do, too. Mm. <laughs> um, but then also, um, in our last King of the Ring match, um, which was probably my least favorite thing on either show, we had Kevin Owens versus Elias. I don't know what the fuck happened <laughs> the last couple weeks after um, SummerSlam, but they decided to just, you know cut the balls off of Kevin Owens as a character. You know, you had him get this big win on SummerSlam. You know, even though I wasn't a big fan of the match, you know, it was still a huge win for him. And then you have, the you know, him come out on SmackDown, get fined by Shane McMahon, you know, I think it was $100,000, and just completely lose his nerve. Like... I understand that they want him to be the common man, you know, but this it they've done nothing but belittle the character at this point, you know, and he he's completely lost his edge, um, you know, like he keeps on bringing up, you know, oh, this is life changing for my family and everything, which I feel like just like I think I talked about before, just knocks, you know, WWE. (laughs) He's supposed to be one of your major superstars, yet he can't handle, like, losing $100,000. And he's, you know, been champion, you know, champ. he's carried many different belts at this point. So I I just, this episode, he's practically groveling to Shane, you know, in the back. You know, I really want you to rethink this. He starts to kind of kiss his ass, calls him, like, you know, a great father, it just goes against everything that they were doing with him. You know, they're making him this like modern day version of Stone Cold. You would never fucking see mm. Austin, yo, doing this. And I think maybe that was their big mistake, you know, um, making him this modern day version of Austin because now everyone's comparing him to Austin. And you would never, in your wildest dreams, see Austin. Like, apologize for something and then try to shake, like, Vince McMahon's hand. It, it just makes no sense, yeah, you know? I, I know they're trying to make him more relatable, you know, to fans, you know, and that's the whole point of this common man gimmick. But the whole thing that made Austin great was fans living through him, mm-hmm. like, vicariously, you know, and getting to, like, you know, live through his exploits and how he's dealing with his boss, that's what made him great. And that's why fans wanted to watch him every fucking Monday night. Not They don't want to see fucking Stone Cold groveling to their boss and apologizing for shit. And then he ends up getting screwed out of the match yes. afterwards. You know, he agrees that, if, you know, or Shane tells him if he ever hits, you know, a referee again, he'll get fired. And of course, in the middle of the match, Shane shows up with a ref shirt on. So then Shane starts fucking with them. Kevin can't react to it, and he ends up getting fucking pinned 
by a, a fast counts, you know, which was still hilarious. I, I do like how they're doing fast counts now. They're actual fast counts, but still, it was like, you've done nothing but belittle this character now. You know, you took everything that was, you know, working right for this character. He felt untouchable. Like, yeah. he was getting a great reaction every time he came it's, out there. They're probably just trying to build up for a moment, but it's it's not going to work. It's like they don't get it. They don't know how to push their fucking mm-hmm. wrestlers, you know? They don't know how to make superstars anymore. You know, they get it in their own way. It's insane. It really is just so disappointing. You know, it's like, okay, well, this makes sense. Everything they're doing here makes sense. Mm-hmm. All, you know, it all checked out, you know. And, it, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the way they booked the match for SummerSlam. But, you know, Kevin Owens is such a talented bastard that he still made that match work. But then this, I don't know if, it, if the character could recover from this. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they'll have him just go completely off the rails and just start stunning everyone. But I don't know if that's enough. You know, like just the fact that he had to go in there and practically get on his hands and knees and, you know, beg Shane to lift a fine of $100,000. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Stone Cold would have fucking like charged in there with a fucking semi truck mm. and try to run Shane over. Like that's how he would deal with that situation, you know, and that got old after a while, but that was after like years of it. You know, if you're trying to establish this guy as like this anti-authority figure, mm-hmm. that's what that's the shit you do. Just disappointing. Absolutely. Uh, um, how'd you feel about um, Kofi out of nowhere? I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um, I liked what they did with um, Randy and the Revival on Raw mm-hmm. too. Um, it seems like they're kind of forming like a little bit of an alliance and everything. Randy sent them snakeskin boots. Um, you know, it seems like they've kind of decided to team up and take out the New Day. Um, you know, so it definitely worked on Raw. I, I like the Kofi out of nowhere and everything like that. Um, I just wish all this shit happened before the first match. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) it feels like we're booking backwards. Uh That's my only problem with that. Um, but if it gets the revival more of a spotlight, you know, and, you know, maybe they can recover this whole feud with the second match. You know, that makes sense. So, um, you've got Bailey and Flair also. It seems like they're, you know, going to be working a program next, um, which I think everyone saw coming. You know, I was, as always, hoping for Asuka. Um, but, you know, it seems like they're going to move on to Bailey and Flair. I just don't, I just feel like after Bailey and Flair, like, I feel like it's just predictable Flair's going to win the belts, mm-hmm. you know, and where's that going to leave, like, Bailey? So, you know, I, I just, I hope they almost book Bailey strong here and then, you know, you can have her continue her reign. Because I'm just, I can hold off seeing Flair as the champ for a little bit, you know. So but they're not going I know, I know, <laughs> I know. They're always super quick to get the belt back to Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the uh, next chapter in our ongoing mystery, the Roman Reigns Mystery Hour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we were... Uh, Basically guaranteed a reveal this week by Daniel Bryan Rowan that they were going to find out, um, you know, the criminal who's behind these heinous acts. And uh, we see them showing up backstage with a man in a hood. So they've kidnapped someone, apparently, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they are holding him in their dressing room. Um, Oh, during the show, Buddy Murphy got another 
another well he had another great match uh with Daniel Bryan and actually got the win a clean win over Daniel Bryan so they feel like they're getting on the Buddy Murphy train here mm-hmm. um but then after this awesome win he's in the backstage and Roman Reigns shows up in the locker room and I'm thinking like maybe he's coming to shake his hand and say like good match no he's just there to treat him like a fucking bitch and threaten him and they have Buddy Murphy kind of like Howard, you know, after he had these two great back-to-back, you know, matches, you know, looking like a fucking superstar. They just kind of like, you know, take the rug from underneath his feet and make him look like shit again. It was just really, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make superstars. <laughs> this does not help. Um, you know, because I was like, man, they're really behind Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand this. At least have him stand his grounds, you know? You could have him threaten him, but have him stand his ground. But that's not what's happening th- here. They're slowly going to get around to him. I, I feel like a name change is coming in, like, two weeks at least. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You know, it's just going to be Murphy. I have a... I, so, okay. Well, let's talk about the mystery reveal. Oh, yes. The big reveal. So, we end up, you know, after the debacle that was the Kevin Owens fucking mm-hmm. King of the Ring match, we cut to the back... Roman's in the locker room with Daniel Bryan and Rowan and they go ahead and they unveil, you know, the perpetrator of this crime. And it's another Rowan. A little older, a little chubbier version, but it's another Rowan. And they all just stare at each other for what feels like an hour Mm-hmm. That's really like a minute, you know, but it's a, it's way too long. <laughs> and the show just goes off the yeah. air. And it's like, how do you even justify it next week? Like, what Roman Reigns' reaction would be to that? Oh, you know, like, oh God. What happened in that room afterwards? It doesn't, like, there's nothing to it. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Like, what the fuck did happen? <laughs> did Roman just leave? <laughs> like, does he did walk he out? Punching people? Does he call the police? Because this guy tried to <laughs> fucking <know>. kill him. <laughs> <laughs> like, why aren't the police involved? It made no sense at all to me. <laughs> that's a good point like what the hell happened after because it's not like your classic like mystery like we're, we're picking up like like at the last minute the uh-huh. last thing we saw it there's gonna be a week past here so what the fuck happened in the meantime it's like and they both both Rowan's look at Daniel Bryan so I mean does that just make it they look Daniel confused Bryan's... they both look confused too uh-huh I don't know they're doing i understand that they like it's just supposed to be a next chapter and another cliffhanger but it just didn't work no yeah it just and it, didn't fucking work like even all. when like they showed a clip of uh brian walking um the hooded man to the back and like beforehand because they, they're literally kidnapping someone yes. right like, that's what's happening like even beforehand you see this like clear just smile on brian's face uh-huh. like he 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 quickly like Turns it off. But it's just like, you know that they're just all laughing at him. Like, as soon like, as that camera cut... Well, they shoot it live. Dead. I think they shoot the end segments like that yeah. live. But so, you know, as soon as they cut away... they would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? Like, you have... Like, it doesn't really add anything. You know, unless they're just trying to get the crowd reaction. But it's not adding anything. You could just record that as it's happening. So I don't... I don't get it. There's no way they took that seriously. Oh, my God. I would have been Jesus dying laughing. Christ. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it, but whatever. We'll see where this is going. So here's my theory. Do you have a theory on who it is? 
if it were me, I would be building up Murphy so I could be Buddy Murphy. That's exactly where I was going to go. I think it's Buddy Murphy. I think that's why they've been showcasing him in these matches and mm. making him look strong. I think it really was Buddy Murphy. So that that's my guess. You know, that But the Buddy hot Murphy. one is like, oh, it's Luke Harper. like, Or it's someone else to be a part of Brian's faction. I don't think it's Harper. Mm. You know, I don't think they're, after everything that's happened with him, I don't think they're going to give him, a, you know, a role like that. Um, you know, I know that at first it was all supposed to lead towards a match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. But, like, I mean, you're basically, you're turning, you know, him into a fucking maniac who tries to kill people. Because that's what happened. Like, mm. it just, the whole angle, it's just too much. It's too over the top. Um, you know, it feels like early 2000s WWE. You know, which was hit or miss with when it came to the storylines and everything like yeah. that. Um, you know, a lot of camp happening. So this is definitely on that, you know, campier. I, I have a feeling it's probably Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> this feels like a Bruce that, Pritchard that, storyline. That line. attack Roman Reigns or that... Oh, Reigns. that'd be fucking... If it's Brother Love? <laughs> oh, I'd love that. That'd be great. Um, no, I feel... It, this just feels like a product of his booking style, gotcha. you know? Just like listen to his show and everything like that. It just sounds like something that would make his mouth water. So um, it's just such old school, mm. ridiculous wrestling camp. I don't know. I don't know. So, but yeah, that was pretty much WWE this week. You know, um, Raw was, I will say this. Raw and SmackDown for the most part have been better. You know, since like, you know, compared to like those first couple months after WrestleMania. Raw, especially this week, was mm-hmm. strong. You know, the pacing and everything like that. I didn't lose interest, like, in the third hour. Like, they're doing a really good job booking the show into the third hour. SmackDown was a little hit or miss. But, like, for the most part, I enjoyed everything that happened, except for the Kevin Owens shit. And mm-hmm. these are two big accepts. But the Kevin Owens shit and the whole fucking Roman Reigns mystery hour shit. I, I you know... Which are, like, the big main event storylines that are happening on the show. But everything else, like, you know, that they're booking, I, I enjoyed. You know, I didn't mind everything like that. So, um, you know, so that that's the bright side of things, at least. You know, and hopefully the, this whole, like, you know, angle with Roman Reigns will be ending in the next couple of weeks. Yes. You know, at Night of Champions. So, we'll see, though. We'll see. I, I would have put it past them extending it all the way to fucking Survivor Series, yeah. honestly. That would be awful. Oh, God. So that's pretty much it for wrestling. That's yes. pretty much it for the show, right? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before you go, I want to let you know about DramaCityProductions.com. That's our network. Yes. Plenty of great guys over there. Check out their podcast. And then um, check us out on whatever platform you want to check us out on. Yes, and like we said at the top of the show, make sure you go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. Um, and you know what? If you ever have any questions for our podcast, anything that we w- you'd like for us to talk about on air, go ahead, shoot us a DM on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on uh, Instagram. Yes. So we have lots of great content there. We're constantly updating. Um, there's something different on each one of those pages. Um, just a lot of news stories that we'll be talking about uh, on the show, during the show, and just, you know, a lot of other fun things that yes. we find Definitely you know, memes. The week. Yes, <laughs> lots of fucking memes. <laughs> Another great way to listen to the show is on Podcoin, our new favorite app. 
Um, Podcoin is the app that actually pays you to listen. For every minute you listen, you get digital currency. Um, and you can use this digital currency on great gift cards like to Amazon, Target, uh, Starbucks. Um, and then if you're a good person, you can go ahead and give it to one of your favorite charities yes. also. So, I mean, God, you can get paid to listen to awesome podcasts like ourselves or pretty much every other podcast on God's Greens Earth. So. But, Damon, it gets better because if they sign up with our promo code NerdShow, they'll get 300 coins right off the bat. Look at that. You're welcome, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to continue to support this show, you can go ahead and buy some sweet nerd merch over on ProWrestlingTees.com and TeePublic. So show your support for the show, you know, spread the word, and you know what? Throw some cash. (laughs) (laughs) There's no reason to sugarcoat it. I thought he was going to go more of the, like, look cool angle, but no. You know, that's true. Throw some money at us. Our logo's pretty awesome, but you know what? We deserve it, God yes. damn it. We're doing this for free, so. <laughs> All right, David, uh, what are they listening to right now? You are listening to DJ Greg Brebner, our house DJ. If you like what you're hearing, you can go ahead and check out all his music over on SoundCloud and go ahead and give him a follow on Instagram. Yes, and if you like the music at the beginning of the show, that was Them Guilty Aces. You can definitely check them out. They're a great Chicago rockabilly band. So definitely check them out. Uh, they're on iTunes. Yes, you can get tons of great music on iTunes from yes. them. And they are also they also have tons of videos on uh, YouTube right now, currently. So and if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, you can go ahead and check yourself out a All show. Right. All right, so next week we're going to be talking um, Ready or Not that That's comes out right. this weekend. Stay tuned for our review. Yes, uh, D23 News. I'm sure there's going to be tons coming out Probably. there. Probably more Spider-Man <laughs> uh, Fallout. Exactly. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. Stay and tuned. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. All the things you've been thinking about, Peter, make me sad. Can't you understand? I'm in love with Mary Jane. Peter, all the times we've talked of honesty, fairness, justice, all of those times I counted on you to have the courage to take those dreams out into the world. I can't live your dreams anymore. I want a life of my own. You've been given a gift, Peter. With great power comes great responsibility. Take my hands up. No, Uncle Ben. I'm just Peter Parker. Spider-Man. No more. No more.